It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. to be here again once a month so we're back here a month a month hiatus it just seems way too long uh lots of stuff to get to to talk about tonight uh check us out on the facebook tkrs presents pop life go over there like us get involved in the conversation we always got news items uh popping up on the facebook page you want to go over there and check that out we are ready to get into it as always my partner in crime here in the studio, which is awesome being able to just in-studio. Todd, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Ken. I can't wait to talk about all of the things, as you said, because there's lots of things. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. So uh, we'll, we'll get into all of those things uh, across the pop culture landscape, as always. TV, movies, music, and whatever else we want to talk about. Anything you want to talk about, give us a call. Yeah. There's something I want to talk about. Yes, sir. There's something I want to talk about. I want to get it off my chest, and then... Kind of piggybacking last show, because what's cool about this show, and, and I, you know, you find when you go out there on the TV and, and the, the radio and everything, you know, you, you have these shows that maybe they talk about movies, maybe they talk about TV. Or maybe, we hit everything. And I like and if you listen to sports radio, they don't hit entertainment. You, listen, you watch or listen to, you know, entertainment. They're not, they're not talking about sports. But we look at it all as pop culture. And, and we did a best of show. And then last show... We made mention that one person that was not mentioned in best ofs was Derek Jeter, as as the 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 uh, accolades were were abound as far as Derek Jeter and his retirement. And there's one thing that I just I kind of wanted to bring up because this month October, the month we just missed, big thing, pop culture, sports, the World Series. I thought it was a decent World Series. It was an odd World Series because for a seven gamer, 
there weren't a lot of dramatic games. It was interesting. Like, most games, it was kind of, you knew who was going to win pretty early on. Very dramatic game seven. Uh, tremendous performance by Bumgarner. So it was a weird kind of, I don't know, it was like seven games, so that was cool, but it wasn't like dramatic for all seven, you know? Well, I liked uh, seven games, of course, is great. The the potential comeback by Kansas City in the series. Uh, game to game, I really appreciated there was some great defense throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Some great individual performances. And, you know, I was rooting for Kansas City. Um, I don't know if it's a thing I have against the Giants because I somewhat root for the Dodgers when they're in it. Uh, you know, the Giants being the former New York team and the Dodgers from Brooklyn. And so I also had this thing for Kansas City in 1985. I placed a bet on them when they were down 3-1. Real stupid. But, uh, <laughs> but I made some money there. And I figured, hey, you know, they've been at it for a while. I enjoyed the World Series, and, uh, you know, like I said, some, some great individual performances, and, uh, of course, no Derek Jeter, not in the playoffs. So there's, you wanted to bring something up Jeter-related. Well, I mean, we're I, we're I, not going to hate on him too much. No, I, I just think it's interesting, and I think it's food for thought, and we're not going to belabor the point at all, but I just think it's something for you guys out there to just think about, because if you listen, especially in this area, if you listen to the radio, I can't tell you how many times I heard, there'll never be another... Derek Jeter. And and just put in perspective, right now, Buster Posey, 27 years old, three rings, all with the same team. He's got an MVP. He's got a batting title. Rookie of the year. 308 career batting average. And he's a catcher. Right Now he's a catcher, so we expect that the average will probably drop at some point. But you're looking at a guy's economics change, may play all of, if not most, of his career with the Giants. He's already got more MVPs and more batting titles than Derek Jeter. So I think Buster Posey is a guy right now in baseball to really watch how his, his, his career unfolds because at 27 to be, have amounted these stats already, pretty impressive. Yeah, fun to watch and uh, fun to listen to, a good guy. So what about you? Like, you're October. What was, uh, do you have a highlight you'd like to bring up, something that, uh, you know, the past month, our, our month hiatus so. Uh, What'd you have going on in October? I mean, what what is October to me? Uh, uh, two things: it's uh, getting rid of all the leaves in my yard, and it's Halloween. You know, you, that's October, and uh, Halloween was fun. We celebrated in different ways. You are uh, on your own out there. You're banned, and uh, and at the bar on trick or treating with the kids. It's unusual because there is like such a, a an adult side to Halloween now right. nowadays. Like, there's both like it's 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 both sides of the spectrum now, but Halloween is as much an adult holiday now almost as a kid's holiday. Absolutely. And we see both sides of it here. Yeah, it's great. We have that perspective on a lot of things. And Halloween, you know, I I can't say that I'm I'm a little jealous. You know, the Halloween party is not my thing. It's trick-or-treating with the kids. But I always take it and make it my own. Somewhere within the last week before Halloween, I always get some spark of inspiration. I know what I'm going to dress up as this year. And you know, I, I can't help, but even though it's for the kids, I'm out there in a costume. I was uh, a last-minute um, Silent Bob one year, and uh, last year I went as Casual Friday Batman <laughs> with a uh, Batman T-shirt, a black cap, and uh, this year I just decided to raid my kids' uh, toy chest and got all kinds of props and went as the Avengers. Not, not any one particular superhero, but uh, all of the Avengers from the first movie. And, uh, you know, got, got some accolades on the costume. My kids loved it, of course. 
So, uh, you know, that's the highlight of October, I think, was the preparation for and day of uh, Halloween. Could you, just for, for our listeners, since it's, like, give us give us a little bit, like, what, what was your costume? I mean, to be the, all the Avengers. I wonder if, if I could post this picture now on our page. Right I think there. you should. I think we need to, we need a picture on the Facebook page. Uh, you know, I, I had a few of the props. We had a Captain America shield in there and um, a, a Hulk fist and a Thor hammer and an Iron Man mask. And I went ahead and took some items from the house and fashioned myself a uh, quiver with bow and arrows and dressed all in black. You know, I keep I keep wanting to call her Scarlet Widow, and I <laughs> I just keep popping up, but it's uh, Black Widow dressed all in black. So let's see if I can. Uh, I like Scarlet Widow though. Maybe there should be like another movie with the Scarlet Widow somewhere along the line. The Scarlet Widow. Well, you know, she's uh, ScarJo is just awesome. It's too bad we might lose her uh, from the Avengers. But you know that that That's brings cool. up a, a good point, which is hey, we had some big news since the last show. The, no, incredible news. The Avengers 2 trailer. The leaked trailer and then the additional trailer that aired on TV. And yeah, some really good stuff and some, uh, some frightening stuff in the Marvel Universe if you saw this trailer. Wow, I mean, the Avengers are broken. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, Marvel, for the most part, I mean, they just keep doing it right. And, you know, the first Avengers I enjoyed a lot. Um you know, I could be one of those comic book people that nitpicks, but I'm not going to be. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I think top to bottom, it's what you kind of want out of a comic book movie. Um, and you just wonder, you know, can they top it? I mean, they're bringing everyone back, but but can they come out of Avengers 1 and top it? And then look at the Marvel Universe, especially Guardians of the Galaxy was great. And wow. I mean, wow. I mean, I really... No no joke, no exaggeration. I got goosebumps watching the trailer. And talk about, as, as you know, Robert Downey Jr., great casting. Right. Um, you know, top to bottom, like, they've really nailed it as far as casting. And then what do they do? They go out and get James Spader. James Spader to voice Ultron. And in the trailer, and got no strings on me. It's like, just absolute goosebumps. I, I just, I thought the trailer was phenomenal. That, that movie cannot come fast enough. No. I, I just thought it was great. And the uh, the creepy Pinocchio song, like whatever version, like whoever's singing that, but to put that in the in the background, just you know, not only did it show that the movie looks like it's going to be good, but but the trailer was artistic in and of itself. They put together a really almost like kick ass mini movie just to give you a taste. I, I thought it was a phenomenal trailer. Yeah, just a taste. Ultron was creepy as hell. The uh, the celebration, the kind of hanging out. The, the humor with everyone trying to pick up Thor's hammer was a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden, you know, this big baddie comes. And then you don't really get the story. It's the, the teaser, of course. What happens? Because all of a sudden we've got, you know, the Hulk versus Iron Man in the, what I learned is called the Hulkbuster Iron Man suit going at it. And, you know, we hear that uh, Captain America and Iron Man, you know, are going to be on opposite sides. And what happens to the Avengers We've got some new characters coming in. It just just looked terrific. I don't know what was up with the uh, the ballerinas in that trailer. I don't know if you have any idea. The ballerinas? Ba- ballerinas. Ballerinas. Right? Oh, yeah, there were ballerinas. Ballerinas would be interesting. Battle arena. Battle. But uh, I don't want a ballerina. Um, yeah, I don't, I have I don't no know idea. what that was. <laughs> but, but it's funny because I've never seen a trailer before in my life that even like the subtleties – 
set the, the comic book fandom geekdom uh, ablaze just all over the place. Little things like, you know, like you, you mentioned, that, that, open, that scene where they're all kind of hanging out. Uh, there is in the comic books at, at one point Captain America is able to lift Thor's, Thor's hammer. Really? So that the, the, the hammer actually moving a little bit was maybe that's going to happen in the movie at some point. Maybe it's going to happen in a, in a future movie. Or maybe that was just a nod to the comic book fan, like, right. you know, that's happened. The other thing also, the, the Scarlet Widow, yes. um, there is a, a, I think it's an Elseworld, so it's not like it doesn't really happen. It's like a what if, a what if maybe it is. Um, she does lift Thor's hammer. And, really? and, yeah, so that whole, like, when she's got the line, oh, I don't need to go there or whatever that is, again, was, could it have been an accident? Could it have been just a a thing they threw in there? But it it got, like... You know, comic book geeks everywhere, including myself, like thinking, well, could it mean something going forward? Is it just an homage to the comic book fan? So there's a lot of cool stuff. Like, and then you see Iron Man battling the Hulk. So you don't even just have to worry about Ultron. Obviously, there's infighting within the Avengers. Uh, Marvel comes out. We're looking at Civil War down the road a piece. There's so many things coming into this movie. And again, you know, you wa- you worry anytime there's a movie like this, are they going to shit the bed? And if the trailer's any indication, this this movie is is just a home run in the making. Absolutely, Marvel knows how to do it. They've got the right mix of comedy and irreverence and nods to the comic books themselves. You know whether or not this is actually coming in, they do give those nods to what's happened in the comic books, and I love when they do that kind of thing. It's great for the the big comic book fans. It's great for the movie fans. The trailer itself, Marvel seems to have this Marvel Universe, as we call it, really down. Uh, the Avengers movies and all the ones that are stemming from it and, you know, that, of course, planned out for years to come. And you wonder whether the other uh, franchises, let's say, are going to be able to compete. We've talked about DC in the past and whether they'll be able to keep up. And they don't really have, as far as what we've seen so far, the the light-hearted aspect and the humor. It's very dark so far. We don't know if we can they'll sustain that for as many years as they'd like. And I consider the third of those franchises to be the, uh, the Star Wars franchise, which we'll get to, I'm sure, uh, a little bit later. But the Star Wars franchise itself, they said they're releasing a movie every year, some of them part of the new trilogy, some of them standalone movies, and we don't have confirmation on too much of that. We've got a little bit, but I wonder... If any of them, if either of them, DC or, or Star Wars, will be able to keep up with what Marvel has done and seems to be lined up to continue to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and uh, you know, I don't think it's any any exaggeration to say, like, what Marvel has, has done is, is one of the greatest things and may, might possibly be the greatest thing in entertainment history. Because even, you know, DC's got Gotham, they got Flash, they got Arrow. Now, Flash and Arrow are happening happening in the same universe. Gotham is obviously on a different network, so you assume a different universe. Um, you know, once uh, Superman versus uh, Batman comes out, you know, I'm assuming that we're looking at probably a separate universe than the Flash and, and Green Arrow on, on TV. Yeah, and the, um, the casting of the Flash will be different, I believe. Yes, totally and so, totally so there's, there's, there'll be a, a DC movie universe and there'll be a DC shows on TV, right. but they won't be connected. What Marvel has done as far as connecting everything, 
it, it's it's really brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant the way they've done it, the way they've woven things into uh, Agents of Shield on TV. It's just it's it's incredible. And one of the things that uh, Marvel has done well, like you brought up, I mean, one thing that killed me for years as a comic book fan is for some reason movie makers. Now I get a lot of they didn't have the technology, but they felt the need to change things. And the amazing thing about comic books is, you know, when when you make a movie and you, you're trying to figure out how to how to shoot it and everything, you write a storyboard. You know, you create a storyboard. These are the shots. So like, comic books are storyboards. It's just it's right there. You don't have to create anything. Pick up the issue. Look, storyboard. Well, listen, comic books themselves do rewrite history all the time. So, not that Agreed. I. Yeah, I mean they. And they'll act. They'll come out and say, you know, this is a what if, as you said, or an alternate universe. This is we're going to uh, do Elseworld, or what's that new fifty-two something? The new fifty-two. The new fifty-two. Actually, I've got some of this got rattling around you're in my there. head. Um, so they do do it, but I know what you're saying. You know, it's it is right there, and there's no need to rewrite history from any of these versions in the comics. And uh, Marvel, it seems like they are. Staying true to some of it, giving nods to what has happened, and so I just love it. I can't wait to see what comes next. Yes, that that was big news, obviously, this month. And it, it, interesting, like you know, it's funny. Things happen. We have lives, you know. We do this. This is a labor of love. Again, we really, when you look at the numbnuts on TV and radio doing entertainment shows, obviously the two of us should be getting paid uh, over, you know, Slater and the like that are out there doing uh, entertainment shows, but. That being said, you know, life happens, and usually we uh, we do, uh, you know, one, the first Tuesday of every month. Things got delayed. We wound up doing the, the second Tuesday. And you know what? Talk about, like, the, the fates being aligned, because the stuff we would have missed, and unbelievable that we decide, yeah, let's go the following Tuesday. And holy cow, Mark Wahlberg, the $6 billion man, that's announced as casting. We got a Toy Story 4, Matt Damon... Returning to, to the Bourne legacy, the Bourne franchise. Rumors, Jared Leto to play the Joker in the Suicide Squad, as well as Margot Robbie to play Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad. All these stuff come out in the week that, that we would have missed it. No, we would have had to wait a month to talk about all that stuff. It comes out this week, and each and every one of those things would be prime for just, let's sink our teeth in it. Let's talk about it. Let's let's dedicate a big chunk of the show of it. But you know what? Everything there pales in comparison because, and you, you hinted at it, but we got our Star Wars title. I told you we'd talk about Star Wars. You did. That, that's what we call in the business foreshadowing. But I mean, you know, and it's it's a. I actually someone posted a friend, uh, Mike Johnson, who's a big uh, wrestling journalist. He actually posted on Facebook, I never thought a tweet could bring a tear to my eye. And it was a, it was a picture of Star Wars with, with The Force Awakens. And I, I, didn't, I didn't shed a tear, but a little bit, again, with the goosebumps. And, uh, you know, again, with, with everything in, in life, in, in, in geekdom, and in the Internet, and people all being negative on the Internet, there was some criticism. But I kind of dig the title. I like it. I, I think it's cool. It gives a... A hint of things and and lots of rumors swirling now on what the plot might be. It's it's a great title in my opinion. It's definitely Star Warsy. 
it's better than some of the titles we've had recently, I think, because it's, you know, the force, but the awakened, it's been dormant. We don't know what's happened in the past 30 years. And all of a sudden, the force awakens. With all these rumors about what Luke Skywalker has been up to and the fact that he's been in hiding, that he's maybe garnered great powers, who knows what awakens in him the need to come back. There have even been rumors in the past week or so that uh, Luke Skywalker may have gone to the dark side. Maybe whether, <sighs> yes, whether he's gone to the dark side already and that's why he's exiled himself or he's coming back so powerful that the temptations are too great. And that could be the Force awakening. Who knows? But a lot of rumors still swirling. News coming out. Now you know, they just wrapped principal uh, photography. I know. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel the same way. I can't stop. <laughs> All right. It's like perma smile. Like every time like a new bit of Star Wars news comes out, it's like, hee hee, I'm so happy. You know, because, again, for those of you that don't listen regularly, Ken and I are fans of Star Wars 1 through 6. You know, the... Original trilogy, obviously, we were at the right age, and it holds a special place in our hearts, and it really was a tremendous trilogy, Ken. But the, the second trilogy, I know. Talk about that later. We debate that. <laughs> but uh, we are both fans of the prequels, and so they really haven't done anything wrong in our book. And it's not that they have to make up for anything, but, hell, this looks like it's going to do, uh, do some great things. The, the news, the title, the little things that have leaked out, the photos... Uh, the casting, can't wait. You know, one thing that struck me, and, and you know, you, you never know, and you take everything with a grain of salt, but, you know, actors, performers, especially if you're tied to, like, a franchise like that, like this, you know, you steer clear of, of venturing into the realm of hyperbole, and you want to make sure you, you, you don't overstate how good something might be. So, and I think people involved are probably pretty smart about that. Anthony Daniels, right. a voice of C-3PO, um, came out and 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 I'm paraphrasing, but basically tweeted, uh, "Yes, Empire Strikes Back is the greatest sequel of all time. Once you see this movie, you will rethink that." that I, really? I mean that, and you would think that like Anthony Daniels right. would would not make a statement like that unless. Oh my! I, I mean, I'm just that like floored me when I heard that. Yeah, goosebumps again. You know, that's a tremendous statement from someone who's obviously seen the action all the way through. And I was very excited when I heard that. Uh, the, the things that have come out, you know, a scene, uh, maybe I think it was three storyboard panels that uh, were leaked recently uh, over the past week again that we would have missed. And they show something on a desert planet. They show, which I can't wait for, uh, flamethrower stormtroopers. <sighs> Sounds very cool. And something with them burning down a village akin to what was done to uh, Luke's farm way back when. And maybe on the hunt for who knows what characters and maybe a shadowy figure. And this one I don't really get because I've heard some news about Darth Vader. So whether this is flashback, whether there's some reincarnation, whether Luke Skywalker is donning the helmet, which is out there, who knows. Jeez. Uh, I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait for this movie. Uh, it's crazy. Every bit and everything that comes out says spoiler alert, and I'm like, yeah, so what? I gotta know. I, I want more. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. Yeah, and all the all the stuff I'm hearing now about like the rumor, like I've heard the same stuff uh, that Luke is is for some reason in exile. Um, 
perhaps see he put himself there, fearing the temptations. And, and let's face it, I mean, Luke, you know, little Lukey, little little damaged guy. I mean, you know, never never was a happy guy. Luke was never a happy guy. So I could see Luke deciding, you know, after everyone's like ladies are throwing themselves at him, it's like, oh yeah, you you, you killed Darth Vader and all the stuffs there. He's like, man, it's just too much temptation. I, I gotta get the hell out of here. So. That makes a lot of sense to me as far as... I thought the temptation would have come from the dark side. Or but, that. You know, <laughs> you have an interesting theory there. I didn't think that it was, you know, oh my, come over to the player side of the force. I, I didn't consider that. The dark side brothel. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it's in Queens. But anyway, uh, the, you know, the, all the things that, you know, that you're hearing, I mean, the fact that the... Um, you know, the original cast is back, The Force Awakens, you know. And then you think about, you know, you, you hear about the Darth Vader rumors. Um, all these, are, I mean, there is cloning technology in the Star Wars universe. Does someone get cloned? And, and I mean, there's, there's so many directions they could go in. Um, you know, and all I keep thinking about is, like, going into the theater and, and you know, the lights dim. Because I got to go. I mean, as soon as tickets are on sale, I'm going opening night. Right. Um and that moment that each one of them sets foot on the screen for the first time, that, that first moment that you see Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker and Harrison Ford and, you know, fingers crossed and what Carrie Fisher, hopefully not in the gold bikini at this point, but when you see each, when Chewbacca, uh, you know, I mean, it's one thing like it's going to be great to see R2-D2 and C-3PO, but we've seen them in, in the... The, the newer right. uh, newer prequels. But I remember the applause 15 yes. years ago when you saw Chewbacca and Yoda and, and R2 and 3PO. I remember that and the theater erupting and me wanting in one hand to say, yeah, right, and the other hand saying, all right, shut up, let me hear what's going on. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I totally know what you're saying. I can't wait. Everything from the appearance of the, the actors and the characters, the just the, the crawl itself and everything that's going to happen, it's God, can't wait. I mean, DC and Marvel, really excited, but Star Wars, just my thing. But yeah, and, you know, and honestly, you bring up a good point. I mean, DC and Marvel, and, you know, the teaser trailer that was released at Comic-Con for Superman vs. Batman was really cool. I mean, this is a damn good time to be a geek. I mean, if you're into this stuff, holy cow. Like, this this is the time. I mean, you're like you're saying, the way the market's going to go now I mean, between Star Wars and Marvel and DC and what we're seeing on TV, you know, and, and not, not to mention we've gotten a decent reboot of Star Trek. Uh, you know, good time, real good time to be into this sort of stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, other news, you mentioned it before, but uh, for not just moviegoers and and people who are into, uh, we call it animation, which is adults and kids, but especially for the kids, the Toy Story 4 news, very interesting I don't know whether to uh, be excited because they were three tremendous, terrific movies or to wonder if they're making a mistake and, you know, whether Pixar itself is uh, kind of succumbing to sequelitis. But I thought the first three Toy Story movies, and I think I mentioned this before, if you want to consider Star Wars no longer a trilogy, that might be the best trilogy I've ever seen. Now we've got a fourth, and they wrap things up so nicely – what do you think? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? You know, it's it's tough because, um, you know, and I am like I'm I'm real strict with my trilogy uh, policy here. So it's a reboot. It can be like Spider-Man started a new trilogy. So, but 
reboots are fine. Um, but that's why I don't consider Star Wars a trilogy because it's all in the same universe. It's right. not a reboot. That's not a trilogy anymore. I agree. I, I, I'd have to really research. I probably would still go the Dark Knight uh, trilogy. But to me, Toy Story right now is on a short list of best trilogies of all time. Right. Going by my strict definition of a trilogy, right. it's right up there. Um, and you do tend to look at law of averages. Uh, can they do it again? And it's it's tough because I'm excited and I love the characters and they've done a good job all three times. So it's like, oh, they've done it before. They'll do it again. It's going to be a fun movie. I thought three ended things so well. It, it just was a good way to cap off a trilogy. It was a good way to say this is it. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm definitely, it, it's funny. Like, I'm not like sitting here going, no, don't make a fourth. But it's definitely, like, tread cautiously, so to speak. Like, I just, I'm afraid they're going to give us a movie that's going to kind of tarnish the franchise. Because it's a near-perfect franchise. Right. I mean, they didn't give us, nothing sucked about that franchise. No, it's, we're not seeing a reboot. I mean, I don't think we're seeing new toys. We'll see Woody and Buzz and everybody. I guess you could call the the last three the the Andy saga or the Andy trilogy because he's no longer in the picture there with someone else. I, I'm trying to imagine what other kind of adventures they could uh, get into. And you put it very well. Toy Story was a near perfect trilogy, and Pixar itself just went, had such a run of making incredible movies, including The Incredibles. Uh, including everything that they did from Finding Nemo to Monsters, Inc., WALL-E and Up. WALL-E! <laughs> um, uh, Cars, which was a big hit in my family. Wait, can I have a, stop you for a second? Yeah. I, 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 a little tangent. Yes. Did you see Up? I did see Up. Okay. You know, Up was a great movie. Yes. You know, could you could you warn us that we're going to be crying in the first 30 seconds right of the movie? I know. Holy cow, I was not expecting that. No, they could It's like, oh, good, let's sit down and watch a cartoon. It'll be fun. Let's say the guy, it's an old man that floats his house. It's going to be a cool, fun movie. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm literally like tears coming down like in, in the first. I've never cried in a, in a cartoon, let alone the first 30 seconds of a cartoon. No, and that's one where I think the, it was just the, the adults. I think the kids were okay. They were exactly. saying, what, when do the balloons come and what's going to happen? And there's a dog and there's you know big balloons and a house. But the adults were all saying, what the, what just happened? Oh, my God. Did you watch it with your kids? Yes. Did you get the whole, Daddy, did she die? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have to suffer through me. that. Uh, you know, what happened there? Oh, well, you know, we'll talk about it later. You know, <laughs> shut up, I'm watching a movie. No, I didn't have to deal with it at, at that time, but I, I've had those moments in the past and um yeah great movie and they they really everything they did was terrific toy story happened to have been the only sequels that pixar did for a while and then lately it's just it's cars 2 and it's monsters university and coming soon and i I don't think either of those lived up to the originals cars 2 in i didn't hate it as much as others did it was just a different movie it didn't have the same heart, the same Pixar feel, the same Cars feel. But we've got Finding Dory and The Incredibles 2 and Cars 3 coming out, and I'd like to think that Pixar is still going to make the quality movie that they have, but it's just sequel, 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 and Toy Story 4 is in a different category, but it's still 
where's the original content that they've done so incredibly well for 20 years now? And you bring up a good point. I mean, Cars was not a good sequel. Uh, Monsters University, I mean, if you watch it, Monsters University is Revenge of the Nerds. Absolutely. They they decided let's make a G-rated uh, Revenge of the Nerds, and that's what it is. So entertaining, yeah, but a, same thing. Did not capture the, the heart and the feel of, of the first one. So, it, you know, aside from Toy Story, now you're looking at kind of, kind of striking out a bit in the sequel department, which does make you nervous about the upcoming sequels, as well as going after such a great franchise uh, like Toy Story. Yeah. I have hopes, and I would like to think... Now, it would be great if they made another three Toy Story movies so that I could then call the first three a trilogy. <laughs> a reboot. We'll see. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We, we hit on a lot already in the first half hour. We got... Some of our diehards are on the line, so we're going to go out to the phones and, and get them on. First up, we got Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? I'm here. How are you gentlemen doing? All right. How are, doing? Doing? How are you, man? We, I, you know, I saw the stuff on the Facebook. Uh, a foot and ankle injury. What exactly did you do? Are you are you all right? Give us give us a little uh, bit of uh, your status. Uh, I'm doing okay, actually. Uh, the um, the cast came off today. Okay. I lost my balance at work, and I fell out of a van and took my foot in the process. Oh, I dropped So it, it was wrapped up for a few days, and it actually came off today. And um, I'm close to full recovery, really, but um, nothing too serious, thank God. Um, nothing was broken, and what thought was a pinched um, nerve. It's not. It was just swollen. So everything will be okay. But I'm actually back to normal shoes starting on Thursday. All right. Good Very news. good. Good news. So what do you want to talk about? We hit a lot of different topics. Uh, we know you are obviously uh, really tapped into just about everything in pop culture. So so take it. What do you want to talk about? Um, just making a list here as you guys were talking. So, <laughs> one second. Let's Anything see. Uh, uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is the announcement of Civil War. Something that I've been looking forward to since the announcement of the Avengers years ago. Uh, I was actually with some of my friends, which were big Marvel fans, and the immediate talk was about Civil War. A lot of them were talking about how it would never happen because different characters from Civil War are owned by different production companies. Me, being the person that I am, told them money talks, money talks, money talks, and it's war. And I should have put money down on that bet because I've been making bank right about now. But I'm <laughs> really happy about the fact that Civil War is happening. It may go forward without Spider-Man. You know, that's money talks, but we'll see how loud. There may be a character to take Spider-Man's place, is my understanding, in, in his pivotal role. But it may go forward without him. However, the, the fact that the Avengers and Marvel Universe is going to be torn apart uh, over political issue, you know, that's what we're talking about here, right? I mean, you educate me. I'm the, I'm the layman. You're the expert. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's the fact that Tony owns Spider-Man, which a lot of people were talking about how 
Sony would never get together with other companies to create Civil War, but the backdoor to that is that because they have liberties with the storyboards, they don't necessarily have to use Spider-Man. There's talk, like, now that they announced Black Panther, there's talk that Black Panther is going to be taking that physical role in case um, in case the talks break down with Sony instead of Spider-Man, it's going to be Black Panther that's going to take that pivotal role where he comes out and switches sides in the end. Okay. Am I a big fan of that? I'm one of those that, like you guys were saying, stick to the story because as fans, we want to see this, like what we call the comics, what they call the storyboards, come to life. We want to see exactly how that would come on the big screen. And when you change a big pivotal role, from one superhero to another, yes, it may work, but in the same instance, you're taking away from the fan, from the fandom and the fan base that is putting money in your pocket as a company. But we will see how that works. Oh, that's a few years away. I'm hoping it comes through and that for once they're like, you know what, we've been striking out with Spider-Man. Let's give the reins to Marvel and that, I mean, let's face it, Marvel, you give anything to Marvel and they make bank. So hopefully Sony will understand that, you know what, if you truly want to reboot Spider-Man, you can reboot Spider-Man with Civil War and everything will be forgiven. I guarantee you that. Um, I'm on the fence about Toy Story 4, like, just like you guys were saying, it's a great trilogy, especially with kids. Especially, you know, as, especially with us, even, because we grew up on Toy Story, and when they wrapped it up with the third one, you know, I was one of those people that was like, okay, I like the way that it ended. I like the, like, really ended. Television series, great. Short animation for Christmas, Halloween, great. Making a fourth full-length movie. Now it's like, okay, let's hope they don't screw it up, because... It takes one movie to screw up an entire series. Right. And it's it hard to catch yourself, you know, after that. The main thing I wanted to talk about, which I know that, you know, we have fun and we have talked, but it's, it's kind of like a serious, on a serious note, um, sports. That falls out of the pop culture, doesn't it? I think yeah, that's absolutely. sure it does. Yeah. Okay. Role models. Growing up, our moral models, our sports role models were like me. Growing up, my sports role models were Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan. Um, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and um, I can't think of the last one, but they were people. They were players which not only performed very well in their sport. But they also were never in a bad light. Yes, Gordon had the whole thing happened with his father. That really wasn't his fault. I am, I guess, the smaller part of society to which I believe, and it's not necessarily just in sports, but in any level of celebrity, that once you become a celebrity, your life is under a microscope. Now, maybe it's me, but I know growing up, if you 
were in a celebrity status. And you did something that was morally wrong. It's one thing you get caught with weed, you get caught, you know, with, 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 with drugs, you do your time, you show that you have remorse, you move on. I understand where we're okay telling our kids that this person, like Charlie Sheen, for example, Charlie Sheen, big drug addict, very well known that he abused women, and yet he's still in the spotlight. Yeah, now well, we have he... all these NFL players come out that, you know, one of them knocked out, literally knocked out his fiance, and people are defending him. Like, where yeah, that... do we draw the line to where, like, enough is enough? Do we have to go the way of O.J. Simpson to where it's like, oh, well, he killed somebody, so that's not okay? No, uh, like, you guys one... go ahead. It's one thing to defend someone for these minor indiscretions. You know, the, the idea that because you're famous, you need to be a role model, I think is flawed. People are famous, and then they choose whether or not to be role models. And it's not really their responsibility to be someone that our nation's youth looks up to. It's great when they do. We're also, the second part of this is we're in a different kind of age now, where it's not just a microscope, but it's like an electron microscope. I mean, there's so much that can be scrutinized. There's so many ways for everything to be uh, spied on and reported and leaked, and there's, you know, all the different media outlets. But when you're talking about someone, you know, abusing his wife or, uh, you know, being an all-around Charlie Sheen, that's another story altogether. And that's, that's just someone being a, a bad person. You know, it's not just the role model aspect. I think sports, you know, we do have more of that obligation to children. I would feel like I did if I were uh, an athlete. But then there are those that say, hey, I'm going to live my life, and I know it's under a microscope, and if you don't like it, so be it. That's who I am. I think that the what we've seen in the, in the evolution of society, and, and on some levels you could probably – Look at a, a Michael Jordan, um, even going back a little further, a uh, Bo Jackson. Um, I think when it comes to sports, uh, and, and it's funny, like us talking about sports on a pop culture show, sports and sport figures have become more celebrity over my lifetime. Uh, there was definitely a, a more of a delineation. Now sports figures are stars. Sports guys are all, are all over commercials. Uh they're more celebrities, and like you said, their lives are under a microscope. The bottom line with anything in our society, and as our society has evolved over the years, over the decades, um, really and truly, if if you can make money, you're going to get forgiven uh, pretty quickly. You know, if you're uh, you know if you're playing baseball and you're a a 40 year old 200 hitter that beat up your wife. Yeah, you're probably going to get trounced out of baseball. If you're a baseball player that's a you know three ten home run hitting shortstop, you're probably going to get forgiven. It's just the way it is, and it's the same thing with actors. You know, if if your movies are are kind of flopping, and 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 you break the law, yeah, it's a good possibility we're going to see you kind of fade away. But if if your Robert, movies are still making hundreds of millions of dollars, Robert Downey Jr., you're going to get forgiven. It's just. It's a shame. I'm not saying it's right, but if you can make money, you're going to get forgiven fast. And I, and I, you know, I think all these issues—they're great issues—and it might be something for at some point for us to do a 
a special show on the, the trappings of celebrity or something like that. But it's um, <laughs> it's it's so it's so multifaceted because you bring up you know a lot of good points and you know I, I think there's a culture issue in the NFL that you know yes it's horrible what what Ray Rice did and you, you can't hit hit your woman but she was hitting him first so what the hell was wrong with her she resorted to violence he resorted to violence so you got two people involved that are resorting to violence what is going on in the culture of the NFL in these relationships everybody is at fault management coaching staffs players players wives families everyone involved has has a certain amount of blame in what's going on when you see trends like this existing in sports and again you're never going to see these sports go to a point where all right, you got charged and convicted of, of spousal abuse, you're suspended for life. They're never going to take that stance. So, and, and unions aren't going to, I mean, as we see right now, the union is fighting to get Adrian Peterson reinstated. So it's a green talks, and it's a shame sometimes, and, and I wish it wasn't the case, but uh, I guess as I go around and, like, get on a little bit of a soapbox, the, the bottom line, to simplify everything, it, it's green, man. It is. It's who... Yeah. Who, who is doing the forgiving? Who are we talking about? How is this spun in the first place? Because some of these news stories are very similar, but they're spun differently, and then the outcome is different. Sometimes a league doesn't take action until the story becomes you know, blown up and spun in a negative light. I, I look at Michael Vick. Is it, is it the forgiving done by the league itself, by the fans, by the youth, um, you know, and by sponsors? Michael Vick is now quarterbacking the Jets and, and you know, came back and won a game that uh, really messed up my fantasy week. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they said, I, I chose to start Ben Roethlisberger over uh, Aaron Rodgers this week. So. Oh! Oh, 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 no. Oh, wow. Should we oh, have a so moment sorry. of sorry for that decision? <laughs> Thank you for your sympathy. But, you know, so... It's, it's a, a lot of things go into when someone, if someone is forgiven, how they continue to be viewed, whether views change, and who we're talking about doing the actual, you know, third-party viewing here. And it's weird because I feel like our society is half-assed backwards, too, because I'll guarantee you that Adrian Peterson will come back, he'll play, and if you surveyed America, more people will, will forgive and, and like and be fans of Adrian Peterson than Michael Vick who got convicted, went to jail, served a sentence. I mean, paid his debt to society. Whatever you feel about what he did, paid his debt to society and, and came back to earn a living in, in a job that he can still perform at a high level at. And I would bet you, if you survey the country, more people will still hate Michael Vick than a guy who beat up his child. So it's, it's, yeah, well, it, it's, 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 all, it's all effed up. If people like yeah. people. But if you like animals, you never let it go. Exactly. You might like people, and you might say, well, he did something bad to a person, but in time. But, I mean, I know animal lovers, and that's just never going away. <laughs> uh, two last things. One, I agree with you guys. James Spader, very good casting when he came to playing Ultra. Second thing, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but one thing that I do like about Superman versus Batman is the fact they're going to have, for the first time ever, a female Robin. Yeah, I think I think that's cool, man. Because there, there, you know, there's a lot of hints in this movie um, from Dark Knight Returns, the comic book Dark Knight Returns, which is a, an all-time great graphic novel. 
and uh, just uh, you know the Batman versus Superman, the battle in and of itself, the uh, you know electrically powered bat suit, uh, now the female Robin. So I'm I'm pretty stoked that there's references to Dark Knight Returns in in this movie, and I'm. You know, again, it's one of those things where, aside from the Ben Affleck thing, and I'm trying to get past that, but most of the stuff I'm hearing out of uh, that camp has got me a little bit excited, too. All right. I held you guys up enough. Thank you very much for taking my call. And Thank we'll definitely you. talk in the next show. Talk to you soon, Dag. Take it easy, man. Later, Dag. Feel better. You too. And there's Dag. <laughs> man, you guys, Dag's like one of those guys that he can be very thought-provoking. And oh, yeah. We're all about, like, comic books and cartoons and uh, frolicking in the Ultimus. And, <laughs> and then Dan comes in and, and uh, makes us think and uh, role models and what have you. So now, like, not even a topic we had on the table. But, look, you want to call in, 347-838-9815. Role models, Star Wars, Avengers, Batman versus Superman. Uh, there's so many things on the table right now. It's a veritable potpourri of pop culture. And let's go back out to the phones because we got... Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Hello, Mike. Are you there, Mike? Going once, going twice. Maybe Mike will get back to us. I will put Mike back on hold. Maybe, maybe he may have fallen asleep. Remember when Dank fell asleep? <laughs> no, Dank fell asleep on my other show. On show? Yeah, it I was awesome too. It's like, <laughs> Dank, are you there? Oh man, and this is the late night show. Exactly. <laughs> He's a bigger pop culture fan than he is a wrestling fan. But he's still, he, on the wrestling shows, too, he's still, like, he, he comes up with thought-provoking questions. Good callers. We got the yeah. best callers here. So, I mean, geez, we, we've hit a bunch of stuff, lots of stuff in the uh, the, the pop culture. I, crazy week. Just, just an absolutely crazy week as far as stuff coming down the pike. And, uh, I don't know, I, I mean... Let's you know you hinted at like you know we talked about the Marvel and the DC thing and like TV and and well let me you know I, yeah let me yeah, let me I'll throw, let you. Go, go throw something here's what I was just thinking just do something. this is this Come is on. a thought I just had we were talking about uh, you know the uh, Batman versus Superman the female Robin the thing that um, the the character I guess that to me being again not the comic book uh, you know super fan the one who's being introduced to the world in this movie is Cyborg. Now, I know him because I watch Teen Titans Go with my kids on the Cartoon Network, which is a lighthearted take on the Teen Titans, which itself is a you know, spinoff with the younger superheroes. And Cyborg is, uh, he is they're all kind of funny. They're, they're not just kids, but it's, it's very comedic. What I saw a couple of weeks ago with my kids was the Lego Batman special on Cartoon Network. It was something like, you know, Lego Batman and Dawn of Justice. I can't remember the name of it, but the, the idea was that the uh, Justice League is forming and everybody is calling Batman, trying to get him to join the Justice League. And Batman is very dark. He's all about, I work alone. And there's this one great scene where he's in the Batcave and he's on video uh, chat with, uh, might have been the last couple, might have been Flash and Wonder Woman or something. And and he's saying, you know, I am I work alone and I do not need and in the background you see Alfred serving drinks to uh Robin and uh Batgirl and Nightwing and they're kinda of toasting and he turns around and gives a look. Anyway, Cyborg is in this movie as well. It's really I think a setup, a reflection of what's coming uh in the 
cinematic universe, but Cyborg in this Lego uh, Lego special was so much like the lighthearted, fun Cyborg in the Teen Titans Go uh, series. So I enjoyed that. I don't know what he's going to be like on screen, but Lego does a really good job with these these humorous little specials. There's also this Lego Star Wars, the Yoda Chronicles uh, series of specials that have been on. They have this unique sense of humor. They pay respect to the original material. They tweak it a little bit. They don't mind messing with canon and t- chronology, but they tell great little stories that relate to the bigger universe. So I've been watching a lot of animation lately. I don't know about you, but between those Star Wars Rebels and what I hinted at another show, Mike Tyson Mysteries and on and on, what have you been up to on the TV, Ken? Well, I, I'm, you know, it's funny because with both of us, when we watch TV, I mean, I'm watching the comic book shows, um, following Gotham. Gotham I love. Gotham's great. Um, honestly, not really sure about Flash. Giving it a chance, but uh, it's, it's not grabbed me like Gotham. Um, but, you know, like we talk about shows, you're, you're a comedic kind of guy with, with the TV. Uh, for the most part, gross generalities and... I go a little darker, so uh, Walking Dead uh, has been incredible, and holy cow, Sons of Anarchy again. Don't say a thing if you're watching the show tonight, because this is the, the one the one day a month I, I, I don't watch the show live. It's the one show I, I, I try not to catch DVR. Like, I, I try to make sure I watch it live on Tuesday nights. Uh, last week, a uh, significant character, spoiler alert, but if, you, if you're a fan, you should already know this, but... Uh, just R.I.P. Bobby, R.I.P. And it was just it. Uh, final season, it's just like a Shakespearean tragedy. It's it's insane what's going on, and it's just uh, it's it's just incredible. And 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 give us a call if you want to, because there are a lot of people out there that love to, you know, there was a, that you know the Breaking Bad thing. Oh, but greatest show ever. Right. I, stop. Just stop. Sons of Anarchy is so far superior to Breaking Bad. It's it's not even funny. And Breaking Bad was great. But Sons is just in, in a different place than, than these other TV dramas. It's just, it's just, it's just phenomenal. And it's a final season, so I'm, yeah. I'm sad to see it go. But on the other side uh, of the TV landscape, we have the great shows, but uh, we have our, our fair share of fall cancellations yeah. uh, this year. And those seem to be on the comedy side of things. You know, Not that I think that the, the world of drama on TV this year, the new crop, is going to last. You know, you've got uh, got this whole batch of women in power, kind of, you know, uh, even one of the networks said it's, you know, women take charge night or something, and the Shonda Rhimes and the Katherine Heigl and Deborah Messing, yeah. oh, that, yeah, yeah, not our thing, uh, not our thing on this show. Who want, no, come on, I cost, now, whose thing is it to watch Katherine Heigl? That's I mean, come one. on, Katherine Heigl? I know, I have a thing against her. I might give these other ones a chance if it sounded like a terrific show. Which they don't, but because yeah, it's Catherine Heigl. She's it's not happening for me. Catherine Heigl is just on on my list, and uh, so that that was not happening. One that I might have watched, which is kind of that female spin, um, but it seemed like a very cool dark comedy, was Bad Judge with uh, Kate Walsh. Uh, that's over. I mean, all these canceled shows are still on the air, but we know that the end is coming soon. No more episodes being produced, and Bad Judge is out. Kind of surprised me. I haven't watched it, but <laughs> Neither does anyone I have. But I, <laughs> but based on the premise and based on her reputation on TV, it surprised me. 
Um, another canceled show is Utopia. I don't know if you caught any of that, Ken. Uh, I, you know what? You know what sucked about I did, and it's what really bothered me about that show is they really advertised it, and, it, and shame, shame on me for buying into it. But they really advertised it like a, a sociological experiment. Right. And it was it was a cut rate survivor. Oh, I mean, really? it really was just it was another reality show. It really. It, Right down to the dumbass narration and the stupid host and just you know stock reality show characters. It just it was lame and I was I was so disappointed because I thought we were going to get something different. And in all honesty, unless something really grabs me, that might be it for me as far as these reality shows. Unless it's so far the other way, you know, like I does like I'll watch Redneck Island because that is so ridiculous. That I can watch it, but if you're going to actually put on a show that and claim to be a serious reality show, year long, uh, I'm done. Year long experiment yeah. and all that. No, 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 no. It lasted no. very small part of the year, uh, so I hadn't watched it. But you're not too surprised by the cancellation. It just it, it sucked. You know, it's shocking to me that Selfie didn't make it. Oh, really? Shocking. Yes. There's, that's another whole batch of new shows, and and three of them are gone. Selfie. A to Z, Manhattan Love Story, these three kind of romantic comedy sitcom shows that are out. Um, I, I'm not surprised either. I'm surprised that they're all gone already. The one that doesn't surprise me, and again, if you heard our last show, you are not surprised on my take on Mulaney. Uh, that, I watched one episode. It was god-awful, and uh, that one's over too. So, you know, things thinning out a little bit. Of course, that's the way it's supposed to be on TV. You know, they did in the herd, mid-season comes, and boom, things pick up again. I'm kind of sad to see the uh, the mid-season finales of some of these shows already. The Blacklist last night. I stayed up late last night because I wanted to make sure before our broadcast that I watched Gotham, The Blacklist, and Star Wars Rebels just so I was ready, ready to go. And The Blacklist had its mid-season finale and is not back until February, I believe. I mean, it's oh, that's the way they're doing it these days. It's just new every week, every week, and then you take a hiatus. And, you know, some people like it, some don't. I think that it's unfortunate for the shows that just lose an audience. I think Blacklist is already changing time slots as well. Uh, but and you're you're a little behind on Blacklist. I am. Well, since I'm backlogged, I'll tell you this because we don't need to get too into it, and I I wouldn't hesitate, Ken, to spoil something for you on the air if I felt the need to. But I won't do Thanks. it right now. I won't, <laughs> I won't do it here because it's not that important. But uh, a lot of things wrapped up last night, and then it ended with a tremendous little twist, big twist, but say understated, and we'll see where that takes the show uh, in a few months. But it's been great. And, hey, James Spader, once again, you know, we talked about him in the movie, movie arena. Here he is on TV. He's just... He's amazing. And he makes that show. I mean, in all honesty, for the most part on that show, it's a lot of mediocre acting. Um, he makes that show. He takes a show that's probably, I'm going to say it's terrible, but probably just a, a good show, maybe good, like average to above average, and he makes it a great show. I got to tell you, though, there's one thing about Blacklist. I got, I got to get it off my chest. A few weeks ago, there was an episode. Yeah. And... Um, they were in Poland, and they're 
Uh, now I'm like brain farting on everyone's names except Reddington. Yeah, um, I'll help you out. So, so the 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 guy cop, the guy agent. Okay. Who hang? Who's with the uh, the chick all the time? Yeah, that guy. I'll that, help you the, out. The guy, the guy with the chick, the chick right. that we're wondering, you know, that Reddington killed her dad. The main chick. Oh no, I, the chicky. Oh, you're, you're questioning her name too. She's uh, Liz. Liz. Liz, thank you, Liz. Liz. Keen, and I know the guy is her like partner. Liz guy. again, the guy who's yeah. in Homeland, and now he's he's on it. Whatever. So realize that a fight breaks out with Keen and this other guy. Right. And and the guy punches. Liz cold cocks her twice in the face. Man punch. Dead on in the face. Makeup perfect. Now she can and it just like it was one of those things and I lo- I love the show. And I'm like, just give just give me a trickle of blood out of the corner of the mouth. Give right. me something to just make you at least remotely look like I mean, two punches from a guy. Number one, she wasn't knocked out. Well, it's okay if she's not knocked out. Let's not be sexist. It's okay if she's a, a badass, you know, federal agent. That's true. And doesn't get knocked out. She's a out. badass. But, but you make a good point. I, that, just, that just bothered me. And I love the show, but that, that really is a pet peeve. Just give me something. Well, they, they may be doing, a little bruising. <laughs> they may be doing a little bit of, you know, they've wrapped up so much. Who knows where this is going? I mean, obviously, it's still Red's giving them a name, and we got the name on the list as the title of the episode, and there you go. One of my other favorites, and you know, you, you mentioned I'm a lot on the comedy, but another favorite drama, aside from Gotham and S.H.I.E.L.D., is Person of Interest, which has been completely rebooted this year, because the people who were all seeing and in charge are now on the run and hiding from the new agency that is all seeing and in charge. And it's been great. You know, they've replaced a couple of the... Uh, Surprisingly, one one especially, the uh, Taraji P. Henson was killed off, and we've got some other people stepped up. But that's done its job. Uh, Shield we talked about uh, last month is doing great, and Gotham, man, it's just such a great show. And between the show itself, the police work, the foreshadowing, I am in love with the three main villains that we're seeing right now. The two, Selena Kyle is off to the side, but. Man, Penguin and Riddler, you know, Cobblepot and Enigma. I, I just, every time they're on the screen, it's just terrific. And kudos to the, guy, the casting, you yeah. know, that show. I mean, they're really, I mean, Penguin's just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what an interesting, you know, again, you know, you look pat, you look back to, like, castings of Penguin, and it's usually the, you know, short, fat guys. And, and they've hinted now that, that Cobblepot likes to eat. So right. down the road, we may see him obviously be a short, fat guy. But to go, like, the route of, of a guy with, a, you know, obviously an abnormal gait and he kind of walks like a penguin. And that's I, – I, I just find it it's such intriguing casting. And it's a story in the Batman universe that really hasn't been told. Um, but, but on the Batman front, the Bruce Wayne Alfred scenes. Great. Terrific. Uh, yeah, you know it's it's that backstory. I, you know the duos. It's also uh, Gordon and Bullock and, and their scene. There, there's so much and Fish and everybody. You know. Yeah, what I really what I really like about the, the show and you know with with uh, Alfred and Bruce is like you've always gotten you've always gotten the kind of doting, um, almost sad at times. Uh, Father, grandfather type figure to an older Bruce Wayne slash Batman, um, 
But what I love is is the way they're playing it. You're getting an, an awkward upper middle-aged man that has been thrust into parenthood and really having a difficult time totally getting comfortable with with it with a child that obviously is having his own issues. And and it's a real it's an interesting dynamic because every other place you see Alfred and <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> but they have like such this uh this bond uh, that, that they've been through so much together, and, and it's just this, this loving bond. Um, we're seeing how that journey started, and, and Alfred is kind of awkward with how he's trying to bring up Bruce Wayne. I think it's cool to see that. Yeah, he's having trouble reining him in. I mean, yeah. he's really having trouble getting Bruce under control right now, and at times he's kind of real, seeing things from, from Bruce's side and getting on board. Maybe I will help you investigate these things, and and now it's you know, maybe I should help you learn how to fight, and all these things that you can see the the spark, the origins of the the Dark Knight, the detective, the the, the Batman, and seeing how Alfred is being brought around from okay, I've got to care for this twelve year old kid, to let's let's help him out, let him follow his trajectory, and I'll get on board. It's just it's just really good stuff. Good TV. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. I think this is Mike. I'm not sure, but we're gonna go back out to the phone. See, this is Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Hey guys, what's going on? There you are. How you doing, Mike? All right. Uh, this my phone must have my phone was on mute. I was trying to get it off for some reason. It went on mute. No problem. We got you now. We got again a whole bunch of stuff we've talked about in the pop culture realm. What do you want to talk about? Oh man, I'm a little upset to cancel my shows. I I like Bad Judge and uh, you know Big Kate Walsh man. Um, you know I I I loved her in the practice and uh, you know I I just don't understand. Maybe NBC's not ready for a show like that. Maybe Bad Judge should have been on FX. Oh, good point. Very good point. I mean, I always make good points there. You know, I try. <laughs> I try to bring. I try to bring. I try to bring something to the. Uh, to the listening audience, and uh, I try to help out, you know. And like I said on last night's uh, show, I'm smart. And when it comes to TV, I know my uh, I know my stuff. Um, be- before you guys were talking about, I heard Dank. He was talking about Civil War. You know, um, not only Spider-Man is tangled up in the whole thing. Mister Fantastic is also tangled up in it too. Um, so what they probably could do is use um, Iron Man and Ant-Man and kind of have them team up. And, and, and if they had to, you know, like not use um, Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic, they could use them. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a shame that Marvel can't get, you know, and who knows, maybe down the road a piece they will, you know, money talks. but uh, And they've done such a good job with the, the universe and to have like certain properties split off is, uh, you know, again, it doesn't take, like, it doesn't ruin it, but it do, it definitely takes a little bit away from it. It would be cool if everything from Marvel was under one umbrella. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm wondering. I was, wanted to ask Dank. I'll ask you guys. You know, you mentioned a couple, but is there anyone who really could, in your eyes, step in and take that Spider-Man role uh, in in the Civil War storyline and be as impactful as Spider-Man outside of the Avengers characters that we've already seen. I, 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 if I had to choose, I would say Iron Man and K- 
team Ant-Man up with Iron Man. That's my opinion. I mean, you know, maybe not. Maybe people people don't want to see that. I don't don't know. I mean, you know, you want to see Spider-Man. But at the end of the day, what Spider-Man are we going to see? Yeah, I mean, it's with with the Marvel Universe because, like, the cinematic universe now has become so much different than the comic book universe. In, In essence, you know, in the comic book universe, Spider-Man is the crown jewel. Spider-Man is is the guy, you know. The creme he's, he's, de la creme. He's the biggie, you know. He's the top. He's the top moneymaker. He's the top dog. He's the, you know. They, you got Superman and Batman and in DC. There's there's Spider-Man's the top of the heap at Marvel. Uh, movies is a little different because the success of the Avengers, you know, other heroes have become a lot more popular. In the cinematic universe, well, um, Marvel was all about Spider-Man and X-Men. Yes, you know they were split, and they're still split for Marvel. But people were, oh, we know Spider-Man. Not everyone knew X-Men. Now they sure as hell do. And then the Avengers come along and you know just really rise above. And now Captain America is coming along. Captain America has become their like strong three. Well, Hulk is in there too, though. Yeah, definitely. You know, people that uh, superheroes that. The uh, the lay people know the, the not huge comic book fans. I, I was aware of, of course. I didn't know Iron Man before uh, this universe, but I certainly knew Captain America and, and Hulk, and of course Spider Man. Um, but it's you know really brought some of the uh, lesser known figures uh, up to the forefront. I gotta I gotta change the subject for a second, and uh, and and we we could uh, talk about this. I have I have Hulu Plus. And can I? You still have it. It's 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 a really awesome. Um, it, it's awesome. You know the stuff I watch on Hulu Plus. It, it's just amazing. I'm a I'm a big. Um, we talk about the the Spider-Man and and we talk about um, all the all the you know comic book stuff. I was a big Muppet fan growing up, and I still am. I still watch the Muppets with my nieces and nephews. I watch Sesame Street, and. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because Jim Henson um, has had a show. Well, they had a show on there on Hulu Plus. They still have it. It's called Jim Henson's Place, and it's all about the world of Jim Henson. And it talks about, you know, it, it was a documentary that they did years ago, and it and it and it devolves the it divulges the world, and it and it revolves around Jim Henson and how he started and and. What you know? What Sesame Street was supposed to be for the kids, and yesterday Sesame Street celebrated its uh, 45th anniversary. Oh, woo! And and yeah, and that's a big celebration because you look at what Jim Henson started. It's almost like comic books. You know, comic books evolved into movies. You know, Jim Henson was movies. Um, and he had his own company, and they, uh, you know, and they, and and they made TV shows, and they made you know the Muppet Show, and the tidbit about the Muppet Show is they could never sell it to United States, uh, United, they could never sell it here. It was in England. They did good there. They made movies. They made two, uh, you know, three good movies, but they made two good movies over there. And then finally, they they had Frank Oz, and they they got together with Muppets Take Manhattan. And I and I just thought it was, um, you know, phenomenal. And and you know, kids today. The other day I was on the bus, 
and I seen the kid, he was wearing a Kermit the Frog shirt. And I, and I was like, wow. And I said to the mother, wow, he's not wearing a Batman shirt? And he's like, no, he loves Kermit. That's great. So to see. Stays alive like that, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, go ahead. A quick, quick tangent on the Star Wars front. You know, like I said, I have the kids, and I, I got into the Lego Star Wars stuff through my older ones. I'm a little sad because my youngest has stopped watching Sesame Street, and it's it's upsetting because I think that that's it. I'm done unless I really want to take it on on my own as an adult. That I'm I'm done with Sesame Street now, and it's I've been watching it again for ten years. It's a little sad. There's one thing, and again, the the Lego Star Wars with my sons. There's one thing you've got to look it up if you can YouTube it, whatever you got to do. They've been doing these uh, movie parodies with Cookie Monster, and this year they had uh, Star S'mores. And yeah. <laughs> it followed Flan Solo and his co-pilot, Chewie the Cookie. And it's Flan's battle because all he wants to do is eat his co-pilot. He wants to eat the cookie. And with the help of, um, oh, God, uh, Princess Flambea and Only One Cannoli... <laughs> and uh, only one cannoli tells him to use the four, which is a method of counting the four. But anyway, all of that, you know, it's just the great stuff that you get from Star Wars and the stuff that's geared not just towards kids but the adults mm-hmm. and stuff that they don't get. I, I'm so going to miss uh, my uh, my re reappearance of uh, Sesame Street on the radar. So uh, it's a little bittersweet for me seeing that anniversary pass. Here, um, here's something for me. Here's something funny. It's, a, it's a, actually a tie-in between Star Wars, Sesame Street, The Muppets. Frank Oz did yep. the voice of Yoda. I mean, that's crazy to know that. You know, like to know that Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, Bert, all those, you know, Grover, all the Cookie Monster, all those guys, you know, wrapped in the one, it's, it's, it's his voice. Miss Piggy, I mean, that's iconic. Jim Henson was an icon. I, I have I have family members that worship. I have a family member that worships TV stars. He loves TV stars. So what his nephew said to me, he, Mike, you know, do you worship, um, you know, Jim Henson like my uncle worships Ted Knight? I said, no. I said, you can't compare Ted Knight to Jim Henson. Jim, I mean, Ted Knight was a great actor and, 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 and I love Ted Knight. But you can't compare Henson to tonight. Jim Henson was a genius. Jim Henson yeah. had a, a Jim Henson had a, a dream and he and he followed his dream. You know, and, and you know, and I can go on and on about the Muppets of old but I'm gonna stop now. I'm just getting teary eyed. When Jim when Jim Henson died, I was sad. Yeah, I was I was hurt, I was upset, you know. I but the one thing that I I the one thing that I did was I found my inner. Oh, there it is! I found my inner frog. Like right now, uh-huh. Kurt the frog is on the phone with you, and and we can talk about Jim Henson because he was he was great. He spawned an empire. You know, he wasn't just a you know this or that. He spawned an empire and one that was really near and dear to. A lot of our hearts, especially of our generation, and even generations after ours. Man, it just, just, yeah, it's just uh, amazing. But Ken, what do you think about the Muppets? What do you think about it? The Mu- I, I, I've been a huge Muppet fan forever, and it's funny because I, 
love the, the original three movies, the Muppet movie, the Great Muppet Caper, Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, and, and then it, it went to crap uh, for many years. Uh, most of them did, didn't like them. I am so happy with uh, the new reboots, uh, so to speak. Um, I, I just thought the last two Muppet movies were great. The second one, not as good as the first one, but um, still just, just great movies. And, and it's fun because, you know, I take my nieces to see them and, uh, they get a kick out of them, and and I love the fact that they're into the the Muppets. Uh, yeah, I I love them. I mean, I they're just they're a staple of my childhood, and it, it's interesting, you know. Like again, like certain things that you you look at. Yeah, I mean, you got Jim Henson, who, you know, had this little public access educational show with mm. a bunch of weird puppets, and now in 2014. Um, it is just it, it's its whole you know give it credit it's its own universe yeah it's like uh, it's amazing and, and, they, and they came to him Joan Gans Cooney came to Jim and wanted something something like you know something like that and also I should mention he did Fraggle Rock which was amazing as well get your cans so, away exactly Work for another day let the music play down to Fraggle Rock yeah I love Fraggle Rock. Yeah, there you go. It's a Fraggle Rock. I mean, a, you know, where, you know, where can you know, where could you get away, and where could you meet different Fraggles and different personalities, and and Wembley, and, and it's just amazing. And and you know, like the list goes on and on with Jim Henson, and he had a hand in making the Ninja Turtles movie, and you know, his company had a hand in making different movies and projects and stuff, and 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 the kids and the kids and the kids loved it. And people loved it, and and you know, his biggest thing was making millions and millions of people happy. That's what that's what Kermit the Frog wanted to do in the Muppet movie. That's what Jim Henson did in real life. You know, his um, his legacy will go on, and his legacy will live on, and uh, and and it'll live on. I I like the Muppets Christmas Carol when they did it. That was good. I I thought, you know, it was the first time without Jim Henson, um. You know, when they made the movie, Michael Caine was in it, and, and they had some good stars in it. And I, after that, I really didn't like the Muppets Treasure and all those, those other movies. And, and the last two Muppet movies were were good. But, uh, you know, you, you can't, I don't know, it just, to think that this is how it ended with Jim Henson. You know, people out there take your health seriously, uh, serious, and, uh, you know, but uh, the other thing, Dank was talking about a female Robin. You mean Burt Ward was a man? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you bring that up. Today was the day that the uh, the big DVD Blu-ray release today of the old Batman series. Uh, I you know. I saw your post today, Ken. That was pretty funny. Mind. Just take my money. Take I, my I'm money. Yep. so excited that this is finally out. Oh, when I saw that news, the only thing that I could think was kapow. <laughs> Phew, me too. That's why I put pal, bam, the zap to your wallet. Huh. That's awesome. That's Mike, thanks so much for the call. As always, great call. Hit a lot of subjects. And uh, talk to you on the wrestling side as well as next month on the Pop Life. Thank you for the support. Okay, Ken, and take it easy, guys. And I'll talk to you next time on, on the show. Todd, take it easy. You too, Talk Mike. to you later, bro. Thanks a lot, Mike. 
I like my, you know, it's just like the wonderful stream of consciousness that is uh, a mic phone call. Like, and, and we hit a lot of subject matters, and we didn't necessarily, we didn't, we didn't have the Muppets on the run sheet, but, no, but cool he, in the gang, we we hit the Muppets tonight. He keeps us on our toes, and that's you know that's what's great about him. And he's right because we probably should, you know, forty five years Sesame Street uh, anniversary. Yeah. So happy anniversary! One thing I had to bring up, interestingly enough, and I was surprised in the realm of pop culture because I posted a picture about a month back and asked our fans, our wonderful pop culture expert fans, if they could name the four shows pictured in in this in this picture that I put. So it's like a picture separated into four smaller pictures. Could you name the TV shows? And the funny thing was, I watched all four of these shows. And the limited time that each show lasted, I probably saw every episode huh. of these shows. The only show that was got right, our friend Larry... Larry Dobell. You remember Larry? I remember Larry. Larry got... So I'm going to tell you guys, if you go on the Facebook page right now, I reposted the picture. So if you look at that, in the bottom left-hand corner, the only show that was guessed right was Manimal. Mm-hmm. Manimal. Okay. Do you remember Manimal? I remember Manimal. I know what it was about. I did not watch Manimal. I loved Manimal. He I, could turn I, into any, and his face would get all bumpy, and he would turn into like... He said, I remember his fingers would go like this. I said, I'm doing sight gags on the radio. But, right. And, and like, then he would turn into like a panther paw. Right. It was awesome. Listen, please, enlighten us about the other three shows. Okay, well, in the, all right, in the top, top left-hand corner, this was ABC's answer to Miami Vice. Okay. Right down to Phil Collins with Genesis, but a Phil Collins theme song. <coughs> Excuse me. This show is called The Insiders. It was on Wednesday nights on ABC, and uh, yeah, it was basically like it, it was ABC's answer to Miami Vice. Couldn't really pe- I, like right now. I couldn't peg the years offhand, but it was pretty shortly after Miami Vice was hitting it big. They came out with the Insiders. Moving on, top right, uh-huh. ABC's answer to Ghostbusters, giving us a Ghostbusters kind of vibe with the TV show, another buddy kind of thing, Shadow Chasers. I do not recall that at all. You don't recall Shadow Chasers? Not one bit. They chase shadows. I gathered. All the time. It's probably, you know, episode to episode, they chase lots of shadows, just as the Ghostbusters busted lots of ghosts. Exactly. See, now you're getting it. And I'm shocked that nobody got these. I'm getting a tickle. (laughs) (coughs) Meanwhile, I need a dump button. (laughs) So that was Shadow Chasers. Yes. Last but not least... A comedy set in the Old West. Joel Higgins, starring vehicle before he went on to Silver Spoon's fame. Yes. Wild Wild West. Living in the Wild Wild yes. West. So those were the four shows that were listed in those pictures. I'm surprised nobody got them. I'm. You know what? I don't remember these shows. I remember the names of a couple, and it was a great challenge that you set out there. It wasn't one of those where... People are, you know, clamoring to be first. It was uh, actually a, a stumper. It was great. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought we'd get someone, someone along the line would, would uh, actually, and I, I'm, I'm mistaken because I, I, as it was coming out of my mouth, I knew I got him. It was Best of the West. Best of the West. Best of the West is the name of the show. I don't have a song for that one. You don't? No. That wasn't really the Best of the West. No, it was, didn't last very long. Right, it was just the West. But one of the things we do do on the show is yes. talk about some bests. 
Uh-huh, that's right. And it's cool to, like, you know, as we round out the show, we got about seven minutes left, to kind of go back and entertain a little bit of that, uh, that Beth's conversation. Let's do it. You know, we, we talked uh, about a lot of, lot of different categories the first time we hit this. Last month, we went back and revisited some of the best in movies, and I thought in, in light of what's coming up, you know, with you, Ken, we might revisit some of the uh, things we didn't hit the first time around, the best in music. I bring it up because you have actually uh, Ken fronts a couple of bands, and there's something coming up. Uh, why don't you just tell everybody real quick what's going on with you and your uh, terrific project? Yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, you know, it, it's funny because, like, we talk about singers and stuff, and sometimes, like, certain singers of certain eras you forget. And one era I love is Rat Pack, 50s, you know, kind of era, that sort of cool music. And um, put a band together to kind of do that sort of music. Just And, and we kind of do the whole nine. We dress in, uh, you know, we wear the suits and we... We try and capture the whole vibe of, of yesteryear as as we do the music. And I always loved that, that kind of music. Uh, part of the reason is my grandmother, uh, when she had passed away um, from cancer, uh, I inherited her vinyl collection. Oh. So I've had all, like, you know, I got, like, Nat King Cole and Ray Charles and Sinatra, Tony so, Bennett now, on original vinyl. Sinatra mm-hmm. is my favorite singer of all time. We've got to get to the best, but we in this best of, we always said it's within our lifetime. So Ken is going back now before our best of discussions to to another era, another one I love as well. So, you know, go on. I'm sorry. So, well, anyway, so, you know, we're inspired to put a band together to do this sort of music because no one does it. No one does this. And we decided that it would be uh, something good to, to do as like a charity show to kind of use this band to raise money. Um, for a good cause. And, and name of the band, which I love, Ken? Dirty Martini. There you go. We went, that was, uh, you know, just kind of came to me. It's like, yeah, Dirty Martini. That's the name of the band. So, uh, you know, the cool thing is, like, being involved in the Rockland County music scene, I I was like the Yankees during free agency. I just, like, went and picked, oh, you're the best in that band, you're the best in that band, just brought you in. And uh, so a really talented band. Um, so anyway, we're doing a show Friday, December 5th, um, the uh, St. Dominic's Council Knights of Columbus were nice enough to donate their hall. And we're doing a show to raise money for uh, the American Cancer Society. Cool thing, uh, Sirius XM host Pete Dominic is going to come on and do comedy. And we kind of wanted that vibe as, uh, you know, back in the day you'd have a, a comedian, maybe a Don Rickles uh, open for the Rat Pack before they went on. We kind of wanted that vibe. So we got a comedian to go on first. Then we're going to be doing our Rat Pack era music. There's going to be a 50-50 raffle, tricky tray. There's, we actually secured um, some JetBlue tickets, two JetBlue tickets that are going to be part of the raffle, so some cool stuff. Dinner and drinks are included. So you get night of entertainment, dinner and drinks, 50 bucks. Go on the American Cancer Society. I mean, you can't go wrong. It's a night out, kind of trying to kick off the holiday season, raise money for the American Cancer Society. So check out the flyer. I'm posting the flyer everywhere on Facebook. Uh, you can message me on Facebook if you're interested in, in getting tickets. But that's December 5th of this year from 7 to 11 p.m. Um, we're going to be doing that benefit. So excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited, too. Terrific work, Ken. I, I, I think it's great. You know, and again, the band is Dirty Martini, which I love. And uh, I, I'm going to throw this out now. We, we teased the best of a few minutes ago. Ken, what do you think was the best band during our lifetime? It's so tough, man, because it's like, I mean, because why don't you go with, like, bands, like, I mean, where do you, like, 
where you classify bands. I mean, we have our our, our guys we were our favorites. You know, and they're guys that like. You know, it's Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, and I, I don't really look at that as a band. I look at that as Springsteen. Right. There, there was Prince and the Revolution. Uh, you know, uh, oh, Prince and New, New Power Generation. You know, like they're they're. Right. Um, so I still count those as solo acts. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you you go down to to your favorite versus best. Um, you know, it's interesting because a band like I don't know if I would go with the best, but it's tough like to argue against bands like U2 and Bon Jovi that have been able to stay relevant for as long and guy you know bands that can still sell out stadiums mm-hmm. um you know those are bands that it's tough for me to debate against and then you know I could go and try and think about my my favorites um you know it's weird I know a lot of guys love Rush and Rush would would be but I don't I've never been a big fan they just don't do it for me they've right. never resonated with me so you know i love fish i'm not going to call fish the best band of my lifetime i think you too definitely is in the conversation if not at the top i had on my list as well and i was debating aerosmith van halen and green day um you know ahead of bon jovi but certainly you too uh the way they've stayed relevant the you know everything they've done musically though i don't know um Aerosmith really has been a long career, a lot of great stuff. So they they may get my vote. I think Aerosmith is my uh, my pick for best band. I, I probably I could probably lean towards you too. I see where you're going with Aerosmith. I can't. Van Halen just pisses me. I can't. I can't even remotely take them seriously. It's like we're, we're Dave's back. Dave's not back. So it's it's just just right. stop. Just get get the get along already. Listen, Ken, I, I've got Aerosmith in another couple of categories before we finish here. You tell me what you think. <coughs> Best duet, Walk This Way, Run DMC and Aerosmith. Ooh. Best cover, Aerosmith's Come Together. Any thoughts? Wow, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, those would both be up there. I mean, best, best duet, I mean, MJ and Paul McCartney, uh, Say, Say, Say. Um, and, and The Girl Is Mine. Both. The Girl Is Mine, great duets. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that we're doing, like, we're not naming, like, male-female duets. No, I know, because these are much better. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, you know, we uh, we have a lot more music we can talk about. There's something that we we actually, I won't even say it. It's, it's a big secret now, but coming should, in a future show. We should tease it for next show. Maybe we post it on the Facebook, get some some opinion out All there right. for the next month. Go for it, Ken. Best album. We talked about it last month. We we want we want to hear what you, Thriller versus Bad. What's what's what do you think is better? Which is the better album, Thriller versus Bad? Regardless of whether you think either one is the best album of your lifetime, let's just get into it. Two, song two, for song. Let's yeah. let's dissect those two albums next month, and we want to know what you guys think, Thriller versus Bad. Great show tonight for Todd. We're out of time. Good night, everybody. See you next month. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.